Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now when it comes to building deep relationships with the people around us, whether it be in work, in our finance work, accounting work, or outside of all of that, most people believe that it takes a lot of work or time. Our guest mentor today is a vice president and partner at a full-service multi-generational financial planning firm in Oregon, United States of America. And she started her financial advising career in 2000 as an immigrant into the US who knew no one. In her first year, she earned $2,000 in commission income by call calling. And from that point, she made a radical pivot from call calling to nurturing her network. And since then, has successfully built her business by expanding her network, taking care of her relationships and creating a system to manage her interactions. And as a result of her deepened relationships, this has helped to exponentially grow her network and generate income. And today, our guest mentor, Alice Tang, is a top of the table qualifier at the Million Dollar Roundtable. Alice is also a strong advocate for female and next generation professionals. She's co-founded the WIF, so that's the Women in Insurance and Financial Services, Portland chapter. She's part of LEAP, the leaders and executives across professions. She's a professional member of the National Speakers Association. And on the back of her success, Alice has also shared her insights as a speaker for the 2020 annual conference of the Million Dollar Roundtable. So for those of you not that familiar with it in finance, it has about 9,000 participants from 70 countries. And it's absolutely awesome to have Alice on our show today. We'll share a bit about her story, her process, particularly around building and nurturing those relationships and how we can practically do this. And ultimately, how you too can find success by focusing on those relationships within your life. So hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it together with Alice. And if you did, please remember to share it with your friends and colleagues. You can subscribe to SITN Show on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And I think that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Alice and the show. So Alice, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Hey, it's our pleasure. Really delighted to share you with our audience. And I know we've spoken previously, so we got to know each other a bit. Some of our audience may not be as familiar with you and your background and your journey. So would you mind maybe delving into that for us a bit, please? Yes. So I was born to a middle class, hardworking worker. Neither of them have any inheritance from their ancestors, senior generation. So they got to work hard. My dad didn't graduate from junior high school. He had to work start working because grandfather passed away. My grandmother was raising five kids and is semi-illiterate, so she can't really do a lot and she should mind the home business. My mom, on the other hand, was born in a small suburb or village in Hong Kong. 
originally from Hong Kong. And uh, she is the first woman who graduated from high school. And she holds the first certificate of nursing. So she, although is four feet today, I don't know how tall she is, but four feet nine when I still here two years ago before the pandemic, she has been really proud of herself because first woman, small but mighty. My mom had high uh, expectation for me. She sent me to an all-girls school, very good one in Hong Kong. We call it Ben One. Very good. One is good. Two is good. Three, four. Okay. So she has high expectation for me. I was not a Ben One student. So I struggled academically. I didn't like athletic exercise at all. So I tried to hide away in my PE lesson physical training and I didn't really have a lot of talent so this school is Ben one girls they all compete to go to the best school so I felt like I was a wallflower and not happy at all but I thought that was life till the junior high exam going to senior high school my exam of course was bad I couldn't get back into the Ben one school I was kicking and screaming because it's just like in a relationship. If you're going to pack and go, still grieve. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But they said, no, Alice, your result does not meet the criteria. Please go. There's many schools out there. So there I find another all-girls school. And if it's in this school, I have three girlfriends that has extensive long friendship to do. And I'm writing a blog about them. They see me the way that I am authentically. They invite me to their home. They didn't always study. They had fun. So at times we'll go to one of the girls' home to play makeup using her mom's makeup when her mom's is not there. We'll also cook lunch and dinner together. Very simple. We also draw a picture. The picture at that time we didn't even date. The picture has flat. Four rooms is a house. It's called Old Lady's House. So we decide to live together and be friends forever. We'll die in that home. But at some point, I'm guessing you must have decided you, as friends stay in contact, obviously, but go your own way. And, and you ended up in, in the States somehow, right? The other one landed in New York, also in the States, ah, East Coast. Okay. Yeah, the third yeah. one in Calgary. The fourth one is a dentist in Australia. We meet frequently. <laughs> so, so that, Every so... few years, we'll have women's time, good friends' yeah. time. Drop the yeah. husband, drop the kids. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny how you started with that part of your journey. No, I, I have to say my closest friends go back to around a similar time as well. And uh, I suppose with the pandemic, we don't see as much of each other as what we would like. But those friendships, they, they really do stand the test of the time. It's just nice knowing you've got that that back behind you. People have got your back and they've got those trusted relationships. And I know that's something that you found in your career that's very important. It's this idea of trust. But I, I suppose before we jump onto that, how did you settle on a, a career in financial and wealth advisory? Wow. Before I go there, I just like to say one more comment about my yeah, sure. three other friends. Because they see me the way I am, they mm. let me be myself. So that's lesson one. Letting people be themselves. Don't try to change them. Using your own criteria. They thrive even more. It's actually funny you mentioned that one. It's funny because someone only said this to me the other week, which was in counseling, like when you're counseling people, they, they train you not to project 
yourself onto your client's background. It's like trying to relate to it. And that's what we want to do when we talk with each other. We want to find commonalities and relate and projecting yourself onto them, your expectations and so on. So what you're actually saying is actually really good like advice from the counselors. Let people be them best selves. Don't try and project yourself onto them so that way their authentic selves come through. And and, and like, why would you advise our, our audience to, to do that, Alice? Because everyone have untapped potential, even when we die today. If you can see that person the way they want to be seen, you automatically liberating that potential without doing anything. I'm just... I think that's really important. I think a lot of us are looking for opportunities to add value and, and do meaningful work in this world. Is it, do you feel that they're perhaps not reaching potential because some of us are just not letting them be themselves? There is so many things in our society that you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. <laughs> if you're a woman, you should stand like this, you should dress, you should make up. And of course we would dress minimum, but makeup or not, it really depends. I think everybody wants to look at somebody who's tidy in the business world. You're tidy. You're tidy. You look very astute. But a lot of makeup or very little makeup, just put lipsticks. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But I wonder if people put those shells on, though, in the corporate world so that they could get by. But like what? Yeah, there could be. I'll tell you this. I haven't talked about this for a long time and we haven't talked about this. Somebody 10 years ago or 15 years ago, having dinner at my home, okay? My husband and I here, we invited a couple. They asked me, what is good about America that you want to stay here? I still remember my answer. I'm curious. I'm intrigued. (laughs) I can be myself. Mm. In the Asian world, there is this group things you need to conform with the group. It's hard to be showing up the way you are. I have the freedom to talk. I have the freedom to choose. I probably would not own my business if I'm in Hong Kong. I probably is one of the BCB, W2, or employee of a company because I wanted to conform. And I do have senior generation who would say, who take that risk other than your dad? But he's successful. (laughs) He's lucky. He's successful. In general, people would not do that. Yeah, no, I, it, yeah, but you see, like, as a parent myself, I suppose I'm trying to stop myself. Like, I can now see where my parents are coming from when they were saying, choose a career, get, get a good profession, a stable, pensionable job. Accountants will probably be required in some shape or form to understand the numbers or inform the technology that's going to be doing it or whatever. So it's a relatively good profession to get into. But I suppose it wasn't really something that I thought of myself as doing. I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the U.S. Navy. Uh, That was my dream job growing up. (laughs) But it never happened, obviously. There's still time. But I suppose, yeah, maybe we are limiting people's potential. But as I said, I'm trying to stop that myself, wanting the best for my children and setting them, you know, on courses that are low risk when perhaps they really should just be trying to experiment and figure out their own path obviously supported so that they can enjoy what they're doing have fun have good memories and really have a good life isn't that what we should all want yes a happy life i got to define not you yeah but a key part of this is what we've talked about previously is to come back to that point of trust why in your mind i have my own views on this but why in your mind is trust so key i'm a person of faith that's number one so you trust but the other thing is you trust things is going to work out especially when bad things happen. You trust that bad things will continue to happen. I will never dig myself out. Guess what? You will never dig yourself out. 
But period. Just, just prove yourself. Exactly. Exactly. If you think you can, if you think you can, if you think you cannot. So I think trusting yourself. For those who just believe in the universe, trusting the universe wanted you to be successful. Yeah. Only if you want it, trust people. And sometimes people say, "Alice, you're so gullible." I said, "Well, until somebody is a pit offender, they deserve a chance, especially first time. Yeah. Why am I not going to trust him or her?" Yeah, it's an interesting one because I suppose my personal relationships, I see how trust is so important, and even in business, actually. If you think about it, trust reduces the sort of uncertainty costs or what they call transaction costs as well of doing business. So you don't have to do as much due diligence if you've got that trust and so on. You don't have to do as much due diligence into things or whatever. But I'm with you. Give people the benefit of the doubt. And if they prove wrong, then you put in guardrails. But I suppose there's got to be some sort of guardrails there already just as a minimum threshold that someone's of, of good character and they've like, you don't know them, you need to get a so maybe the challenge is getting to know people for who they really are. That's the challenge. Absolutely. You started relationships. One of my favorite books is The Go-Giver, G-O-G-I-V-E-R, by author Bob Burr, B-U-R-G is his last name. His favorite quote is, all things equal. People would like to do business with and refer business to the people they like, they know, and they trust. So you got to know somebody before you like them. You got to like them before you trust them. So that means that it takes a lot of time to do that. It's not overnight. It's a repeat demonstration. You are trustworthy. You're honoring your promise over time. So we talked about before this show, don't mess up. And if you do, apologize and find a way to repair and heal that. Yeah, actually, that's so key because I think you recognize the importance. There's generally good intent. No one sets out to mess up on purpose. Trust is key and sometimes you can lose it. I've done it myself. I've walked into so many situations, Alice. You probably have as well. Well Well-intended, heart's in the right place. And as we say here, you put your foot in it, you just said something you shouldn't have and trust's gone. So I really liked how you called that out because I do agree with you. It's just a sincere apology and demonstrate that you're looking to make it up over time but i suppose when it's starting with building trust are there any good tips where would you would start either from your your work on your business or personally where would you look to start building trust in my business i meet a lot of new people because we are in the financial planning world we meet a lot of new people whether they're prospect or clients but trust again is not built in one day so the quickest way to build trust is to honor small promise okay so let's say we just met Andrew and I, we had a good time. And then we conclude a meeting in 30 minutes. Great. Thank you for the coffee. Let's move on. But in this meeting, we have probably talked about a bunch of things. So one of the things that I asked Andrew is, I was wondering why people got a pinch if they don't wear green on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So Andrew's casually said, I'm going to find out. I don't know, really. But my kids did it to me. So I thought it was the custom, but good question. I'll find out. Guess what Andrew did after our last conversation? He came back with, hey, I find out from my kid. Here is why. It doesn't make more money for me or you. It doesn't move that huge refrigerator for me because I'm five feet tall. Nobody helped me. But (laughs) he promised that he's going to find out. And he did. So 
the speed of building relationship is in your conversation with new people, especially for those you're curious about or you want to engage more, plan the seed to set up a few little promise. Let's say I'm going to send the link of the go-giver to you from Amazon. How easy it is. Go to Amazon after the meeting, click, right? Control C on the bar, control V in the email. Here you go, Andrew. Andrew didn't notice it, but over time, if you plan this seat, guess what? Trust. Yeah, I love, you start with the, the small promises that are easy to achieve. And, and again, mm -hmm. I think it's an appreciation of it. It's something that happens over time. It's just not one event. I think our subconscious is craving building trusting, meaningful relationships. So it's looking out for those moments of trust. I suppose that's ingrained in me now, Alice, when I made that point as I wrote that down and I've got this list where all my commitments that I've made, I've listed out. So I know I need to do them because they matter. I see the importance of it and they matter a lot to me. And when I do them, I put a green line through them and they're done. But it's important to honor them, even if they're small. But one thing I've noticed, because I work a lot with salespeople, is when it comes to their forecasts for sales, what they tend to do is what we call sandbag, right? Which is they tend to underpromise and overdeliver. And then their manager does the same thing. And their director does the same thing. And the VP does the same thing. So their president has got a load of forecasts that have people on the promising and then they over deliver and lose all the credibility. I'm wondering if that doesn't impact their ability to trust or whatever, but I think that's an important point as well, isn't it? We should try and avoid, I'd say over delivering too much with this under promising. So be realistic as well. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say. And again, deliver and under promise is really key to success. When I quote like on my talking a little bit about my world here. So when we talk about insurance, yeah. let's say we talk, so you never know how healthy Andrew is sitting in front of me. I don't know. You look healthy. <laughs> Thanks. Right? Even the very I pale ask, complexion. Okay, do you, do you take any, any medications, any big things that happen to you that you need to go to the hospital? All these, you know, no. personally, I would never quote the super preferred rate, which is the most inexpensive rate for a client. Because mm. you never know in underwriting what is being found in the blood, in the medical records, all these. Quoting reasonably, of course, you look healthy. I wouldn't quote you like three times the rate that you should have, but I would just position here is a standard rate or here's a preferred rate for you, but it's really up to subject to underwriting. I can say for sure. Which I suppose it just shows you're trying to have the other person's interests at heart as well, isn't it? Do yes. your best for the other person. And actually, there was another quote. I hope I captured this thing where you said is your network is your prosperity. I feel like that sort of makes sense to me. That's, I'm guessing, built up on trust. And it's just doing that trust with more and more people. Is that where you're aiming at? Or did you have a slightly different take on it? Okay, so let's go to the prosperity. So what is prosperity? Prosperity for me is different. Prosperity for you is the same thing. What makes me happy? What makes you happy? What's your end game of happiness, right? So first, I think we need to know what we want. If you don't know, Never complain why you're running around in circle. The second... <laughs> Sorry, there's just so many people that do that. Yeah, definitely. That's something to stop doing. If you don't yeah. know what you want, don't complain. And dare to know what you want. Dare. Yes, that's the dare to go there. That's your potential. Yeah. It hasn't been done. I can do it. It hasn't been done. Later on, if we have time, we can talk about that story. But your network is prosperity. So after 
two decades of working in the financial planning world, and every day we wanted to meet new prospects. At least in my first ten years, today's we are more selective, right match. You have to screen a lot of people,、mm. and who is introducing these people to you,、mm. and come back to the people who know you, like you, and trust you. And more importantly, they need to know what you want and what you do. They can't just say randomly, "Oh, my cousin is a good person." Maybe. So this is what I never quite appreciated earlier in my career, Alice. Is that if you have a clear understanding of what you want and you share it with people, and then you build those trusting relationships, those people will look out for you, and they will bring to you opportunities that will help you get near to what you want. And there's very little in it for them, other than knowing that they've helped, and I think feeling good. But it just rises everyone's prosperity. People get closer to that happiness you mentioned, right? And it works for everyone. So this idea of knowing what you want, sharing it with others, and understanding what they want, and sharing that with others—that's a great way. Not just growing our own prosperity, but it comes back to the fundamental principle of this podcast, which is growing our community. For the betterment of society, via finance, via numbers, and so on, and sharing、That's、our、fine. knowledge around that. So I think it's a really good concept. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So allow me to share more. So of course, I'm、um, every one of us. If you go to LinkedIn, we have the average person has five people linked to them. Okay. Do you know all five hundred people? It's hard to touch everybody. Oh God. It's really hard, and some of them you didn't even remember. Do I know this person? Do I know him or do I know her? So, what I want to do is talking about the most important currency in our life is time.、Without、okay. Yeah. Yes. So, how do you use time effectively? So, every year, I have my top ten center of influence that I focus on. So, target ten. So, these people. How do you choose these people?、Uh, these people helped me in the past year, or two, or three, or ten years. They always been there. Not only business. Sometimes they want their people who are mentor. They wanted to see me succeed, and every single thing they do, they saw the reward that I'm getting better. They just love that. So it's a combination of business and personal growth. Ten people maximum. Every Tuesday in my calendar, I will schedule thirty minutes to think about what I can do for them. So think about. Minutes in a forty-hour work week. A Zoom Iris also work forty hours. Is about one point two five percent of your week. Okay. Yeah. Can you afford one point two five percent? Sometimes mindlessly scrolling your phone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the audience thinking, "Oh my God, seriously? Yeah, am I really <laughs> doing that with my time? Yeah. Was <laughs> being mindful yeah, so, with your time. Yeah. 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 Talk to people." Allocate time. It doesn't need to be Tuesday for me. It's Tuesday first thing in the morning, and then think of the variety of how you can nurture the relationship. What you can give to them. If somebody is in business, you have a referral for them. That's the best gift, isn't it? Yeah. But that yeah. best gift does not happen every week. We talk about weekly, maybe three times in a year. So what else can you do? If you are in social media, if they have a good thing to post. Like them,、yeah. and make some comment if you have time to read through that blog or listen to the podcast of Andrew. Comment, like is like I see you. Comment is I really am interested about the topic you're sharing. Different. And how about some 
handwritten cards. I don't know if you like your handwriting or not. I'm obsessive about my handwriting. <laughs> Later on, send me your address. Seriously, email me your Irish address. I will send you a card. Yeah, yeah. I already put my handwriting to shame. Alice, my handwriting is awful. But I did read somewhere the power of a handwritten note nowadays because it's yes. so distinctive. It's a great opportunity to make someone's day. I know one thing they actually did in Ireland during the pandemic was at the post office or the postal network here sent out uh, postcards for free. You could collect them or they'd send them out to the households. And you could handwrite, obviously, a postcard to someone you wanted and post it free of charge. And it's a great way of just building up a bit of spirit around the place. But it's amazing the appreciation Absolutely. people had for those handwritten notes. Amazing, right? Amazing. So this is what I've done for the <laughs> pandemic. So yeah. in the front, it says, thinking about you. At the back, it says, despite of distancing, let's stay connected. This will go to you as soon as I got. I look forward to that. So that's a lovely idea. I'd never yeah. seen anything like that before, Alice. That's a really wonderful point. And I actually also think it's not just in personal life, but again, in professional life as well. We do these things called interlocks. So I put time in, forces myself to go and meet with people that I really want to see do well. I want to understand how they're going through and do that regularly. So I do that again with the podcast. I do it with my professional network. I do it with my personal network as well. It's just important to put the time into it. It's yes. the most precious thing we can invest on this planet. So let's do it with things that we enjoy doing with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. In my process too, you talk about meeting people. So I meet with my top 10 center of influence four times a year, every quarter. So we meet for an hour. Now it's virtual. I was Previously, going to say, yeah, is it more virtual coffee now, is it? And maybe yeah. for the brand name Starbucks. We, as <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> Plug there, yeah. <laughs> yes. So taking a lot of notes actually helps. Because who the heck can remember what happened in the last meeting, what they say? I'm in my late 50s. I don't remember things. But I am a very good note taker. So before that meeting, I reviewed the notes. Oh, Andrew just bought a new chicken for St. Patrick's Day. And that chicken is called Sam. Okay, let me ask about how Sam is. Trust, yeah. likability. So we talk about no, get people to like you. If you remember things that most people would not remember, good. So it's really handwritten notes. So quarterly, we meet. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Actually, I love about the chickens. We got some hens. My eldest son brought us a load of hens for my other three kids. And talking of names, one of them was called Cajun. There still is because they're still alive. The other one's KFC. <laughs> the other one's Carnation. Well, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I think it's my kid's strange sense of humor. But I think I'd add another one to that as well. It just makes sure it's fun. It's humor. It's fun. As we say here in Ireland, having the crack with people, enjoying time with people, having a bit of a laugh. So no, I like your principles there, Alice. There is another thing I do want to get into because, again, I want to be respectful of your time. Because I know you and me, we both can chat. <laughs> we could stay on this for ages. <laughs> but it's an initiative that I think is really important. And I wasn't aware of it until you mentioned it to me, which is shame on me. Is this 50-50 initiative. So would you mind maybe going into that and the work you're doing around that with our audience, please? Sure. So about 10 years ago, two wonderful women in America look at the paid board population and find that the women on board, regardless of their color, is in a single digit range. So they want to make a difference. So they said, why don't we just set something up by year 2020? The amount of percentage on board will be 20%. So 20% year 2020. So 
call it 2020 Women on Board. That's the initiative. So every year they will host an annual meeting. So in Portland, Oregon, I sponsored the last two, which is the only two in Portland. They have never come to Portland. So pretty interesting. But in the year 2019, actually, we gone above 20% for the paid boards for members who participate in this. So there are companies, bigger companies, listed company participated. They have 20%, more than 20%. So last year, as we're going through the Zoom meeting, some of the ladies said that, why don't we have 50? So by year 2050, we want to have 50% of women on board. So that's the initiative. It's not only in America, it's in United States, it's in Hong Kong. I think it's in a place in Europe. I think it's United Kingdom rather than Ireland, but I could be mistaken. No, we're close enough. <laughs> Normally they come up with the good ideas and we'll copy them eventually. Let them do all the hard work and we just take the good bits. <laughs> that's really good. So. That's really good. So if you are women or you are somebody who support a woman to achieve more, to tap into their potential, as we spoke at the beginning of this show, I ask you to check this out. So I don't think they have to, uh, you know, change their website yet. If you type 2020 women on boards in your Google bar, you'll find them. Fantastic. And what I will do is I'll make sure we add the links there to the show notes as well, just so people can see how they can get involved and just makes it a bit easier as well. I think it's a fantastic initiative. And as I said, I think I'd heard of the 2020 I never knew that what the final result was. So thanks for clarifying that one, Alice. Because <laughs> until you said, yes, oh, that's great. Yes. Made it. So <laughs> that's good for the 50-50. I like that. And that's another thing we try and do with our audience as well, is have a 50% representation between male, male and female, and then across the globe as well. I think it's great to see people moving. I remember having a guest mentor on the show, and we were talking about the makeup of finance teams, let alone boards, but the finance teams. And uh, we were happy that things were moving a bit better balance in that way but still in the senior roles it's predominantly more male over female at the moment and i think by 2050 i'd like to think that we're a bit more along the way there's a bit more positive change there so let's see let's strive towards it so alice you've given us some fantastic advice i'd love to know though what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received there are many but my all-time wonderful mentor is my dad do I have to pick one of the two? So I'll tell you the first oh, one. You can go with two. You're the guest mentor. I'd be rude not to let okay. you pick. All right. So two pieces of advice that is really important and changed my life. The first one is if money can fix it, it's not a problem. That's from my dad. If money can fix it, it's not a problem. Hmm. Okay. Think about the last desire, last wish, last plan you have in your head. Does it involve money? Oh, you want to walk over and kiss your wife. It doesn't involve, okay? But if you want to send your kids to college, when the pandemic is done, we want to go to America and have some fun in Disneyland. Let's pretend that is. Yeah, yeah, the good example. It costs yeah. money. So I am bold to say that 80 to 90% of the things that we want to do for ourselves and for our loved ones and for the world, it costs money, right? Yeah, but yes, yes. But where I would challenge though is, I think it costs money, but... I actually get the saying because if it's not a problem, because I'd like to believe more in our innate resourcefulness. I always believe exactly. there's no such thing as a lack of resources, just a lack of resourcefulness. So we can I'm figure out the solution. And if it's worthwhile pursuing a solution, we'll find a way. We always do. So actually, I do get it. <laughs> it actually is really good advice. Allow me to finish the second part of this. Sorry. So if we do need to have good resource, 
And one of the results is the money, right? If we have issues, problems that we can fix using this or dream wishes, we can focus our very limited asset, which is time in our life, to focus on the things that probably money cannot directly fix it. Yeah, let's say today us is not healthy. I'm dealing, I'm healthy now, but let's pretend I'm sick. I can pay for the rest of the things to be done and focus on healing. I don't need to worry about my bills. Isn't that amazing? If you have money, if you don't, I need to go to work. It's not, I need to stay at work until five. The other thing is relationship. Money cannot directly fix those, but with time and the time you repeat honoring the relationship and building trust, you might be able to move the needle. It takes time. That's great advice. I like that. Um, delighted you shared that with us, Alice. Actually, it's really good. Now, you did mention a, a nice resource earlier book, but I suppose if our audience wish to continue the conversation uh, with you, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Connect with me and my website. I'm a public speaker too. So it's askalicetang.com. So ask first name, last name, .com. And yep, we'll put that one into the show notes as well. And Alice, I suppose, look, we covered a range of topics there and thoughts. And again, really appreciate you coming on and, and investing your time in the show today. But before we uh, see you go, I wish you goodbye. Would you have any maybe parting thoughts to share with our audience? The most important thing for me is beyond oxygen and water, relationship and money are two necessities that we cannot live with. Start with building great, strong relationship meaningful long-term relationship the money will come you've got this whatever you want to do do not let fear steal it you've got this just yeah. go yeah, when you, you make you up your this. mind your resource will lined up for you yeah for someone who's been on a similar journey like that myself i completely understand what you're saying if any of our audience are yet to discover that parting thought reach out to us I will help you find some ideas because it's very important. What a great part and thought to end on. Alice, thanks for coming on and being such a great guest mentor and strengthening the numbers today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a lot of fun. It's not planned. It's fun. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 